We're going to continue talking today in our series about the crazy train and derailing the crazy in your life. And today we're going to talk about comparison. And, and the title of the message is Compared to What? The scripture that God had given me when I began this or began to search this out or seek this out was in James chapter 1. And you know the scripture. And it, it says that if any man lacks wisdom in verse 5, let him ask of me, says the Lord, and I will give to him and pour out to him liberally and without reproach. In the New Living Testament, the words are a little different, but it goes on and it says, but as I give you this wisdom, as I plant it in your heart, take it seriously, accept it and receive it by faith, live it and act it. Well, it doesn't say that. Well, I know it doesn't say that particular, but it says don't receive that word in doubt because if you do, you're setting yourselves up at odds with God. You're on opposite ends and his hand of grace can't help you in your moment of doubt when you're over here doubting the word that he gave you. He says, grab hold of that word with faith, what you have asked and what I have told you. Earlier, Pastor Pam said, raise your hands and ask God and he'll speak to you. He will. But grab hold without doubt. Because if you doubt, you'll be like a boat that sits on the waves and goes to and fro and gets pushed wherever the waves may take it in the wind. And it goes on in the last part of that in in verse 8 says, and you will be unstable in all your ways. Say crazy crazy that's that's it when when you want to know what makes people crazy it's hearing and understanding the word and the wisdom of god and then not receiving it by faith but living then in doubt doubt in yourself doubt in your circumstances doubt in god's ability to do it when you know the truth and you don't live it that'll make you crazy last week we talked about insecurity and today we're going to talk about comparison because there's a, there's a part of you on the inside, there's a part of all of us on the inside that knows we aren't everything that God created us to be. You know, some of us have a list, you know, it's a long list. God, where do we start? Just let him start. He'll start fixing and correcting. And unless any of, have any of you made it, I mean, you're already there. You, you are just like Jesus uh, in the flesh. And you, you, if we threw water down here, you just want anybody that's nobody. Can. So we're all in the same boat. There is a part on the inside of you that knows what you've done, that knows what you can't do, that knows what you have and what you don't have. There's a part on the inside of you that knows what your abilities are, but also knows what your abilities aren't. And we're smart enough to look around and see that there are other people out there in this world who have things we don't have, who can do things we can't do, who know things we don't know. And that part on the inside of you that's missing a piece that says, I need to be better, I I don't want to be like this anymore, it begins to compare who they are to who you are. And we'll even be super spiritual sometimes and say, God, I could be everything you called me to be if you would just give me what they have. If I could just be like this particular person and have that gift or that talent in my life, then I could be exactly, see, I start thinking, you know what? I could be more, I could do more, I could be all God called me to be if I was like that person. It's not true. You can be all you're called to be if you'll be you. Be the you that God created you to be and stop comparing yourself to the people and the things that are around you. You will measure yourself against something. The key is that you measure yourself against the right thing, which is the word of God and his will for your life. Are you becoming more like Jesus in your life each day? 
yeah, 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 then it's great. Yeah, but they're getting, ah, not about them. Yeah, but if I had that, I'd be, ah, if you needed to have that, and you're following God's will like you said, you got to believe that he would get it to you. How many of you believe that God has, you can nod your heads, how many of you believe that God has a great plan for your life? Huh? Only one that you can accomplish. Do you agree? I mean, we're all on the same page. I've got to check this out. Do you believe that he has given you gifts and talents to accomplish that thing in this earth? I mean, shake your head, because if you're not shaking your head, we're going to pray for you, all right, because you don't agree, and we've got to be in agreement. I mean, how many of you believe that he can, he can lead you in the right path to walk in so that you can see that fulfilled in your life? Do you, mean, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, yes. Then why are we comparing ourselves with everybody else? Then why are we looking at somebody else and saying, if I was more like them, or if I had that gift, or I had that talent, or if my kids were like theirs... Their kids are stinky rotten too sometimes. You just don't see it. Right? I mean, we always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. What you don't understand is that it's full of poop. And that makes grass green. People look at our yard and say, man, that's a nice yard. I've got two big dogs in a small yard. And if you would like, we will bring you the gigantic bags of poop that we throw away each week. And we'll throw them all over your yard. It's greener over there, but there's poop there too. Their kids may act better, smell better, and sometimes talk better than yours. But I'm telling you what, God gave you yours for a reason and not those. We compare many times our worst to somebody else's best. Now listen, we compare our weakness to somebody else's strength. Part of that is innate on the inside of you on purpose. Because we're supposed to. Give him our weakness for his strength. See, part of that in comparison is to say, God, I know I can't, but you can. I know my badness, not like Michael Jackson's bad, but you know badness, not right, wrong. And I give it to you for your goodness. Not not me taking my weakness and giving it to Jerry and saying, you know what, Jerry, you're really strong in these areas. I want to be more, I want to do some of that. It's making that measurement and that comparison with God. There's no win in comparison in the flesh. No win. You either think you're better than them or they're better than you. One leads to insecurity and one leads to pride. You're either comparing yourself against somebody else and realizing that I have come a long way. I'm better than them. Right. Or you look at somebody and you think, I'm never going to make it. I can't possibly be like that. I could never have that nor do that. And I become insecure. There's no win. Comparison is it's, it's crippling. There's a question that you have to answer in your life. And the question is, am I okay? Say, am I okay? You got to ask that question. And the only thing that we have to measure ourselves against is the word of God and his will for our life. This isn't a message of you're okay, I'm okay. This isn't a, you know, 70s, 80s kind of think it and make it work. This, This is just the truth of the word of God. That if you understand and know who you are in Christ, who he created you to be, as you hold fast and firm by faith 
to his word and his will for your life and follow it to the best of your ability, the giftings and the talents on the inside of you will begin to come out. And even though you'll see people around you who are doing the things you want to do, being the people you want to be, it won't matter because you'll be receiving everything that God has for you. Your maximum potential in your life is only fulfilled, is only seen, only comes when you're following after the will of God. It doesn't come when you're following after God's plan for somebody else. When you've got your eyes on what somebody else is doing or what somebody else can do or how much money somebody else has. Money won't solve all your problems. It only creates bigger problems. I know a guy who has a really nice house, big house. I know how much it costs, a lot of money. He has a job, a good job. He makes good money. But I'm telling you, his problems are the same as my problems and the same as your problems. He's still got to pay for everything. And if your lifestyle gets ahead of your income, you're in trouble. And your lifestyle usually gets ahead of your income when you try to be like somebody else. Or what they used to say when we were younger, some of you don't younger know, keeping up with the Joneses. It'll work you to a frazzle, and it'll create all kinds of stress, and it'll create all kinds of mental issues and problems on the inside of you. But God says he wants me to have all the desires of my heart. Yes, he does. But it says in that particular passage of Scripture that you feed on his faithfulness, and you rest and reside in his presence. It doesn't say that you look at what somebody else is driving and say, i got to get me one of those. Johnny deserves it. Been serving God a long time. He would want me to have that. Well, we just said in the beginning that you believe that if God wanted you to have something so that you could have your will fulfilled or his will fulfilled in this earth through you, that he would get it to you. You believe that. Yep. Then why are you trying to make it happen? Why do you got your eyes on somebody else's stuff? Some, you know, why do you have your hand in somebody else's pocketbook? I know there are people who we want to emulate in the things that God has done in their life or the things that they do for God. There are characteristics in people's lives that were good traits, being faithful and all those kind of things. But desiring and looking at them to compare yourself with them as to who you are and where you are is a problem. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it talks about this being a me problem. Say me. Me. It's a me problem. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, And I saw, Solomon wrote this, and it says, And I saw that all toil... All toil and all achievements spring from one person's envy of another. God hasn't done it yet, so I will work harder to have it in my life. Maybe God wants you to do something else. Well, I'm going to go get a second job or a third job, or I'm going to work really hard, or I'm going to beg, borrow, cheat, and steal to have this particular thing or this gifting or this talent or whatever it is in my life because, you know what, I, I, I really I want that. I need that in my life, and I'll be incomplete without that. You're complete in Christ, not in somebody else's gifts, talents, abilities, money, family situation, relationships. It says that the person who is after this or has the envy of another, it's meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. Can you catch the wind? No. 
And what happens is when you get caught in a comparison trap, you begin to compare yourself to this person and to that person, and you want this and you want that, and all of a sudden you're coming after all these things, and you're never satisfied. That's why there's there's no win in comparison. You can't be satisfied without the Word of God being first place in your life. And when you have your eyes on everybody else, you don't have your eyes on Him. Yeah, yeah, but I only, I just need that so I can be who God called me to be. Well, then allow God to bring it to you. He's God. But I just want to be like him. Be who God created you to be. Who would be you if you were somebody else? It goes on and it says, don't take this, basically, as an opportunity to do nothing. That's what the next part says. It says, this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Basically, don't just sit around and do nothing. It says, it's better to have one handful with tranquility or peace than two handfuls with toil and chasing the wind. Be content with who God created you to be. With what he's placed in your hand. With the path and direction that he's taking you. I've always wanted to be Kirk Franklin. In my head, if you know who that is, in my head, I am Kirk Franklin. The reality is, I'm not, nor will I ever be Kirk Franklin. But in my office, I got a smoking hot picture of Kirk in this nice suit, giving me that look. And I'm saying, I'm with you, brother. I'm here. I'm here, baby. That's me. It's not me. No matter how bad Corey Kent wants to preach and be like me. (laughs) Brother, it's all right. He's gifted you in other ways. And I celebrate those gifts in you. It happens and starts in us when we're born. But I'm telling you, it escalates in our life when we go to school. When you're born into this earth, you're born into sin. And see, you're born into the world system, and, and you, 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 are, you are missing something. And what you're missing is Jesus Christ in your life. And, and then when you grow up in your own household, people are, alike, for the most part, like you. There's not a lot of comparison in the household. I was number one. That was the way it went. They were number two, both of them, whatever. It's all the way it works. I understand that. They understand that. Everybody got along well. It's just a joke. But listen. When you go to school, you all of a sudden now get surrounded by a lot of people. First time in your life, you're surrounded by a ton of people who are different than you. Who have different eye color, hair color, height, weight. Who have different abilities and gifts and talents. Who have more money and more opportunity, it seems. All of a sudden, when you go to school, you're surrounded by all of these people. And then for the first time, you look around and you realize... Man, I could, all these people are different. And if you don't build up your young people when they're little, if you don't build up their confidence, not just in who they are, but in who God says they are, if you don't build up within them faith, they're going to get into that world and they're going to look around and they're going to see all the people who are different. How many of you know, man, They all through school, you're telling them it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what Johnny gets to do. It doesn't matter what Sally gets to do. It doesn't matter what they have. It doesn't matter what they... And they don't believe you. But you know the truth. 
Well, God's saying the same thing to you. And if that doesn't get corrected as they come through there and they don't learn to be confident in who God is and who he created them to be, then they become big people like us. Who we like to pretend we have it all together. But we see that guy drive by in that car that we've always wanted. Sucker. (laughs) Comparison will make you, it's a dual threat. It'll make you hate yourself and them. Envy is never good. And when you see that thing in somebody else, it'll make you begin to despise them for having that gift instead of celebrating them for what God has given them. And it'll make you turn on yourself. You think it makes you feel better, but it doesn't. That's bitterness. That's next week. Okay? I'm telling you, the crazy train, all these cars are connected. Insecurity, comparison, bitterness, addiction. You can't live the life that somebody else was created to live. It'll drive you crazy. Saul, in the Old Testament, was king. Became king when he was 30. Reigned for 42 years. That's a long time. Now, he screwed some things up there when he was young. And when he was young, David got anointed to be the next king. But realize something. God didn't kill Saul. He didn't take him out of the picture and then make David king. There were things in David's life that he had to learn, grow in, and do. And so while that was happening, he kept Saul on the throne. So that meant Saul still had the responsibility as the king to grow and to bring Israel to the place that God had for it during his time and season as king. But this is what comparison does. It makes you keep your eyes on somebody else and something else so much so that you won't do anything with what you have. You won't fulfill the call or the vision or the plan that God has for your life today because you're worried about somebody else doing it or never getting to do it or what somebody else has. And so instead of Saul advancing the kingdom of Israel as the king that he was, he spent most of his time chasing David around in the hills. That's, the, that's that thing that compares. I mean, it makes you crazy. It, it'll absolutely turn your world upside down. You're king, for goodness sakes. Now listen, Saul made some mistakes. Tick got off. David made mistakes too. He made a lot of them. But it says in the word that David was a man after God's own heart. That when he screwed up, man, he fell on his face before God and said, I, I have screwed up. I need you. You can't compare yourself to somebody else, or ultimately you'll miss doing what God has for you to do. As I taught school, some of the most, and we say successful, but we probably mean happy and content. Some of the most happy and content kids that I had come through were the ones who didn't care what other people thought, what other people said, what other people wore, what other people had. They were content in who they were. Parents would come, and they would say, I don't know what to do with them. They're just so different. They don't care what people think. They just, they wear that stuff, and they talk like that, and they do this thing, and they just, they're just, they, they, yeah, that's good. I'd tell them, relax. That's the one kid in the group that'll be successful, because they don't care who other people are, or whatever people think. 
Yeah, but they, they're, 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 they're kind of going, Cam, they're kind of going along to the beat of the, their own drum. Well, let them conga to their own music, man. I mean, it's, if, they're, if, they're, if you have raised them to a point where they can hear God's voice and they begin to follow it, who are we to, to you know? I mean, if they're out stealing cars, you know? I mean, but I, my best friend, he, he, was a, he, was a, he was an individual <laughs> in high school. Jim, if you're listening, I love you. He even had his own... Uh, he didn't do cursive and he didn't do print. He did his own thing somewhere in the middle of all that. And I, when I was younger, I used to look at that and think, man, I want to, I want to be able to get that. I want to be able to write like him. How dumb is that? I've got chicken scratch that you can't read. And I looked at that and thought, Ooh, man, that's awesome. He did his own thing. He drank Pepsi when everybody else was drinking Coke. He, he just kind of was his own guy. He, he wore his hair. He was good looking. He was tall. But I could talk. And so we'd go to the mall. We'd be looking for chicks. And I'd say, listen, all right, I'm going to stand you out here in front of everybody because you attract a group. But when they get here, shut up. Let me talk. We'll be all right. You got to do your own thing, right? Todd, no matter how bad you want to be like Maury, you got to stop dressing like him. You know, I mean, it only goes so far, brother. It's your birthday and all, I know, but I mean, come on. You can only be you. <laughs> right, we said it earlier, Hebrews 12 too. Focus on Jesus. He's the one who completes you. In, second, or in, uh, sorry, in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In Christ all the fullness of God and the deity lives in that bodily form. And in Christ then you have been brought to fullness or completion. Only he can complete you. Not somebody else's gift, not somebody else's talent, not somebody else down the road. That's why when she shares this story about the talents, that's important. Why? Because each one was given something according to his ability. And the first and second one used it. But the third one, he blamed God. The first thing out of the third one's mouth when the master came home was, it's your fault. That's what comparison does. We don't want to blame ourselves for not being that. So we start getting a little irritated and cranky towards God, towards other people. Why? Because we're not like them. Well, if he wanted you to be like them, he would have made you like them. Don't get your eyeballs on who got five talents and who got two talents and who ended up with ten and four. Get your eyeballs on the one that you got. There's another story in the New Testament that talks about some guy who came out and he said, hey, you want to work for me today? I'll give you a denarii. And he said, all right, I'll do that. He worked all day. He did that a few different times, and finally this other guy shows up like 15 minutes, half hour to go on the day, and he says, you want to work for me? He goes, yeah, I'll give you a denarii. Go out in the field. They all worked, and the guy who worked the, the 30 minutes, the guy gave him a denarii. So you know what the guy who worked all day thought? I'm going to get me some more. No, no, you're going to get what he promised you. You're going to get what he made you to get. You're going to do what he made you to do. You're going to be who he called you and created you to be. You don't just get that, just call. That's where debt goes through the roof. 
That's where crazy goes through the roof. You lose track of who you are. You lose track not just of who you are as an individual person. You lose track of whose you are. I get my eyes so much on this person or that person or their gifts or that, 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 that talent or this money or this situation or this house or this wife or this kid or whatever. If you're a comparer, I just want my kids to be like these people because they're, hey, hey, love your kids for who they are. They feel that. When you talk to your spouse and say, honey, I just want you to be a little bit more like, I just need you to be like this. I want you to do this. Hey, see that lady over there? If you could just be a little bit more like that. She feels that. Oh, yeah, I don't do that, man. I don't. I love you. Anybody counsel us after service? We're going to need some. He feels that when you say that. Your kids, they, they, that's comparison. There's weight to that. That says, you know what? You're not everything that God knew I was supposed to have. You should be something else. And if you would just be that something else, then our life would be happy. Now, then you'll be living with a schizophrenic, crazy person who's trying to be somebody they're not. I already did that once. It doesn't work. I did. That's how divorces happen. And we almost ended up in that spot because I, I, all for good, I just wanted her to be a little bit different. She would just be a little bit different here, here, and here. I know that things would be better for us, for her, for our family. I didn't know who God created her to be, but I almost pushed her that way. And then when I finally faced my ignorance, that day standing in front of the door and I said, who are you? She said, I don't know. I'm trying to be who you want me to be. I don't know who I am anymore. Oh, That's like a knife to the heart. And there's a movie, and you've all seen this, that has a couple characters in it. And you can find yourself in whichever one of these guys you want to find yourself. But Toy Story. Because, see, we lose track of whose we are. Whose are you? I'm his. Galatians 4 says that he has adopted you into sonship. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God fills you, and He adopts you into sonship. And now we always, we adopt babies. Back in those days, they adopted adults. They didn't know if the babies were going to live. They didn't even name them. And so when, when Paul spoke that, wrote that, and said that, they understood what that meant. That meant for me, not for somebody else. Not for some baby. That means I could be adopted into sonship, into his house. That meant something. It said, you're his now. And Woody was the man in Toy Story, right? He was Andy's favorite toy. Andy loved him and cared about him, and he had bed stuff with, with Woody on it. And Woody sat at the nice at the bed when he went to bed. He looked at Woody, and he would hold Woody when he'd go to sleep. And Woody held first place in his heart. Woody was confident, and he knew who he was, and he was Andy's favorite toy, and that meant something to him. And he ran the toy room, and, and he was in charge, and he was doing great things pants are coming down come on dude you gotta get some stuff together here but then there came this birthday party and andy unwrapped this new toy buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond right and here comes this jerk who's confident who has wings and all i have are spurs and a hat who has these cool buttons that go beep, 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 and his helmet swooshes up and he's so cool. 
And all I do is you pull my string and I say stuff like, there's a snake in my boots. I mean, it's all, it's all I got. And so then he begins to look at Buzz and he forgets who he is. All of a sudden, now there are posters and pictures of Buzz all over Andy's room. All the sheets in the bedding are Buzz Lightyear, not Woody. Now Buzz Lightyear gets the place on the bed. And Andy ends up in the toy box with all the rest of the toys. And Andy was preoccupied, or sorry, Woody was preoccupied with bringing Buzz down to prove to everybody that Buzz wasn't who he said he was. Why? To make himself feel better because he knew he didn't compare to Buzz. And so he spent his time talking down to Buzz and making fun of Buzz and doing all these things. See, I'm telling you, comparison will make two things happen in your life. It'll make you hate the people who you're comparing yourself to, but it'll make you feel bad about who you think you are. It's not even a two-way street, man. It's two lanes in the same direction. And Woody even went as far as to say stuff to Buzz that were like, I mean, it was crazy. He said things like, if you hadn't shown up and taken away everything that was important to me. He said, what chance do I have against a toy like Buzz Lightyear? There was a chance where Andy was going to go to the pizza place. And you know the movie. My kids are 24 and 20. I got no idea. I can't even remember the movie, man. I spent more time trying to figure out what he said. I could have watched the movie three times. But he, when it got down to it, he was going to go to the movie. And, 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 and Woody said, oh, he grabbed his Magic 8 ball. And he shook it up. And he said, oh, Magic 8 ball, will, will Andy take me to the pizza place? And the Magic 8 ball said, probably not. Dumb Buzz Lightyear. I can't be like him. Now my life is ruined. What did he forget? He forgot whose he was. And then one day, he was sitting there. And he looked at the bottom of his boot. And he saw Andy's name was written on his boot. And he realized, I'm somebody. I'm Andy's toy. I'm Andy's toy. I'm somebody. See, the word doesn't say that God comes down and writes his name on your shoe, but it does say that God takes your name and writes it on his hand. Why? So he can look at it and he can say, Brandon's my man. Huh? Karen, she's my woman. She's going to be great for me. Right? See, he writes it on his hand. So he can say, I know Joe. Joe's mine. Joe is mine. I got great plans for Joe. Because it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has good plans. He thinks good plans, good thoughts for you. Thoughts for, for a future and a hope and not for evil. He just had to remember whose he was. I'm Andy's toy. I'm all right. Hey, Buzz, it's going to be okay, brother. I'm Andy's toy. You're gifted. You're talented. Because at one point, Buzz went, and he had to like, okay, come on, let's get it together. We're all right. We're Andy's toy. It doesn't matter that I got spurs and a hat, and I say stuff like, there's a snake in my boot. And it doesn't matter that you can't fly and do all those things that you think you can do. I'm telling you, we're Andy's toy. That's important. You know who wrote his name on the bottom of his foot too? Andy did. And he said, all right. We're both Andy's toys. Yes. Are you God's child today? 
See, that's what's important. Let's stand up. Just close your eyes right where you are because we're going to pray. See, the one thing that, that Woody could do in the end that he could fall back on when he, was, when he was feeling bad about himself and he knew he couldn't make it and he couldn't compare to Buzz and all those things, the one thing he fell back on was, I am Andy's toy. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you can't fall back on the fact that you're God's child. You can't say that I was adopted into his house. To sonship. As an heir. You can't say that because it only comes through that relationship. By the blood of Jesus Christ. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.